0: I can't do anything right. Well, it's like me with the hot pots. I only had to warm them up. A <laughs> woman like you shouldn't be elbow deep in any lamb chunks.
1: Oh, well, I I never am. No, she makes make some and I only have to defrost them and I can't even do that right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for defending me back there. I'm not sure Ed knew quite what to do when you started having a go. You're quite impressive when your dander's up.
1: Oh. I'm known for me, to me. Once that's up, you're in trouble. <laughs> hmm. The talk of the street. Talk of the stream. The talk of
0: the street. Talk of the stream. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The
1: talk of the street. Talk of the stream.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that can't stop wondering why do people keep letting Sharon into their homes? I'm Gavin.
1: (laughs) And I'm pleased to announce that I've been casting knives out too.
0: Wow, you kept that quiet. A Talk of the Street exclusive.
1: (laughs) Because everybody's been casting knives out too apparently. Oh they
0: have? Have I? I've just got a small room, a small I'm really, camera. really
1: sorry. You're going to have to wait until Knives Out 3. So who's in it? Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., Catherine Hahn, Daniel Craig, obviously. From Wilshire. Dave Bautista. What? Did I say Leslie Odom Jr. already? Yes, yeah, you did. Janelle Monáe, Ed Norton.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's a very much an ensemble. Yes. The first as, one was an ensemble yes, as well, Yes, though, it was it?
1: also an ensemble. So we'll have the first Hulk and uh, Agatha Harkness, whereas the first one we had Captain America. (laughs) Now, uh,
0: Dave Batista, I think, is in a zombie movie at the moment.
1: Yes, yes, it came out tonight, so we have to watch it. We have to watch Um, it. I'm so excited for this.
0: Well, I was going to watch it today because I saw it. As I was working, it came right. up on... I wanted to watch it with Netflix you. It's on the
1: Netflix, yes. Hulu?
0: I can't remember. I thought, well, that looks interesting because it's about... Uh, right, I
1: told you about it a few weeks ago, about the fact that Tignataro was, you know, digitally added to, to replace uh, that awful comedian who is accused of child pornography or something.
0: It's a zombie movie mm-hmm. slash a heist movie. Yes. In Las Vegas, I was like, "Well, that sounds right up my Zombie streak. tiger. So I was about to click play, and I saw directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. So I didn't bother.
1: Oh, hey, he did the he did um he did the last he did the last Dawn of the Dead, didn't he? The remake or or something of the Dead, because this is Army of the Dead, and we are totally gonna watch Army it because I'm yeah. I'm very excited for this. I'm excited it's, for this movie.
0: Two and a half hours of Zack Snyder's vision. That's like. 90 minutes of McGee's vision
1: yeah I'm still tempted not to watch great. the. I'm still tempted to watch the Snyder Cut of uh,
0: oh, four and a half hours <laughs> fuck that <laughs> fuck that. then I
1: remember it's four and a half hours and that it's DC which is not which is not the the property that I'm the most interested in
0: you can watch 2001 A Space Odyssey twice <laughs> in the time it takes to watch that I could watch Six and the a- City 2 Avengers yes, could.
1: I could watch Avengers Endgame one and a half times there you go <laughs> yeah Uh, you know because people say it's actually good and then i'm like eh, Mm. four and a half hours Mm. i didn't even finish watching the irishman which was like three or something hours and i'm just like three and a bit yeah i'm like you know what i i've seen enough scorsese films i've seen this movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm long-form documentaries these days that's that's all that floats my boat I uh Well done Taskmaster.
1: I'm I'm deeply involved and Partridge. I'm deeply involved in anything Gene Smart's uh, appearing in, which means I watch Mayor of Easttown and um and hacks. So HBO Max is just just my go-to. <laughs> Mayor of East Town, very, very good. And I yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I'm really enjoying uh, Kate Winslet's philadelphia accent
0: oh i can't imagine
1: (laughs) she drinks water she's got a daughter
0: Dorder. is that philly is that she
1: she goes she goes she goes to get uh coffee coffee at the (laughs) wawa she does not go to they don't go to sheets and that just makes me so sad because whenever we go through pennsylvania we always stop at Mm sheets just so we can pull it and say ah (laughs) sheets
0: Which, ironically enough, was when I last got my case of dysentery. (laughs) Was whilst at sheets or eating sushi that I think I got from a gas station. I don't know what I was thinking. How are you this week?
1: Ah, you know, I'm good. good. A little bit of fun last night. Yeah, we had a reading. I appeared in the newspaper. Yeah, you did. You know.
0: They only got a few things wrong about me. (laughs) Have you... have we ever had a, a newspaper article that's been 100% correct? I don't think we have.
1: Probably not. I do this weird thing, and I don't know why I do it.
0: What, you tell lies about N- me to maybe, newspaper people? Maybe
1: because I love you so much. People ask me questions about me, and I talk about you. I don't know why I do that.
0: <laughs> Deflecting.
1: <laughs> because you're just so awesome. You're
0: just trying to remain an enigma. That's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, they seem to think that I was from a big city in Scotland.
1: Well... <laughs> I didn't say a big city, but that you weren't from a rural community, like I was from.
0: And yet, what appeared in the paper? Yeah, well, they also thought that my office is in Jackson.
1: No, you work for Jackson.
0: And yet, in the newspaper, it said.
1: Yeah, well, I, in in Deb's defense, when you say Jackson, it can mean like two things, mm-hmm. and and in and, and um, Sterling is a much bigger town. Much bigger city than Eaton Rapids or um, Canterbury, which isn't a oh, yeah, city at yeah, all. It's, yeah. it's barely a town. I think it's
0: about half of Lansing, Stalling yeah. size. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah. So we had just been talking about how you and I were from, lived in very different situations before we moved here. Right. You know.
0: Which is why you were being interviewed. They have a, a nice little getting to know your neighbor sort right. of section, don't they?
1: Yes. And, you know, we are, we are people who moved here from a different place, you know, to a place where half the people who live here haven't even been out of the county, much less the state. So we're kind of interesting to people. And I've run for public office and I'm a Girl Scout troop leader. And I I
0: thought it was quite funny, uh, though, that in the Get to Know Your article, there's a, a picture of you that... The very next day, you got your hair all cut off. So I you know, it's hilarious. Completely different. I
1: th- I thought of that. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Oh well, and I put makeup on, and it's a black and white photo, but that's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we had a reading. We were reading for the Rio Town Reading Series. Yes. Our friend well, Matthew I, Rossi.
1: Well, I also had to be at a at a plaque ceremony. Yeah, you were busy. <laughs> at the same time. So I was in a park doing, you know, the reading. Although I wasn't reading, and then that got over before it was my time to read. So I popped into the car and drove home. While listening yeah, so you were on us. a
0: Zoom from our porch, and I didn't know where you were until you started <laughs> speaking. Like, oh fucking hell! Helen's just outside. She's outside the room.
1: And you thought I was across town in a park.
0: Yep, I was the first person to read, and
1: I was second to last.
0: I had. Uh, Kind of, I wrote a little preamble talking about the heat, talking about changing the seasons, talking about working at home for like a year and a half. And mm-hmm. It's like you know, a yeah. light-hearted banter. Right. So I get through that and I start my story and then the compere cuts in and says, we've lost the video, we're going to have to start again. Like, <laughs>
1: <sighs> You know what? That happened the last time I, I was so. on. I
0: said that to him. I, I'm a jinx. Anything.
1: I'm a jinx for poor Matt. Although I may be a jinx, but I haven't—I haven't killed that tree he gave me, the little baby seedling he gave me. Oh, so nice one. It's outside. So yeah, you read—you read a nice—a nice wee story, mm-hmm. and then I read like a small portion of my zombie novel, "Back to the Zombies," right? And uh, some poems I wrote for Napo yeah, your poems one.
0: are good, particularly the last one. Yeah, they all had a kind of lockdown theme. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a collection in there.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll see. I'm sure every poet in the world kind oh. of has that idea, though. Yes, so can
0: get it out first, and then they're all copying you.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I said about the zombie novel.
0: Right, and you must Twelve years boat. ago, it's, now, going to, it's going to come round again.
1: Obviously not, because you're, we're still you're making to, zombie movies. You're
0: about to miss it again.
1: We're still making zombie movies, and apparently, and I don't think this is really giving anything away. In this, in this new zombie movie, the the Army of Darkness, um, or Army, Army of the Dead, Dead not Army, Army, Army Darkness of Darkness. Is Evil Dead Three, which is why which I is got confused about the last absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely, the best, the one of the best movies ever. <laughs> Army Dead, of Darkness, Evil, Evil, Dead, Evil, Dead, Evil Dead, 3? Dead Three, Army no, of I haven't Darkness. Seen that. Yeah, we watched it together. No, it was Evil Dead Two. Oh. Yeah, Evil Dead Two is the best movie ever, or one of the best movies ever. I love that movie wow. so much. It's a bad movie, but I love it. I love Bruce but, Campbell. I, Bruce I can't Campbell. help. I can't help it. I I, I love a strong chin.
0: <laughs> Shall we preamble with you? Yes, please. Give us some of that chinny, Cory news. <laughs> it's so fucking hot in here. We're doing this a lot. I, I realize we, I, we forgot evening. to
1: say that we're doing this Friday evening because we're both going to be at... Soccer games tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we've got to taxi. This is the thing that annoys me about... <laughs> they take part in the Castle League, which is this capital area soccer league.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And apparently, the capital area... It's massive. ...includes a town that's a 45-minute drive away.
1: Well, from us, but not from mm-hmm. the capital. The capital is in the middle.
0: Still. <laughs> sure a bastard, honestly. Nine <sighs> o'clock on a Saturday morning. If you treat a dog like that, you get the jail. <laughs> Anyway, anyway,
1: fancy a night at the Rovers?
0: Ooh, Ooh, tell me more. That's
1: right. Now that we're all safely vaccinated, it's off to vacation planning as Corey <laughs> got a deal for you. A pop-up house dubbed the Rovers Annex is set to become an Airbnb right behind Johnny and Jenny's, but it's only for two people and only available on October 2nd. For oh. sixty pounds, you can wander the outside of the set and enjoy a breakfast courtesy of Roy's Rolls, and uh, and all the money, all sixty pounds, is going to be donated. All that to money, it it's got to cost more hundred bucks. It's it's yeah, eighty four dollars. It's gotta it's gotta cost more to put this together to build this just pop up annex and everything that it is. Right. None of this makes sense. So and, what they're doing it for? It just said for charity. I couldn't find which charity.
0: about <laughs> ah, know just giving like
1: sixty dollars to charity. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But still, it I, won't be. I us. I think we
0: might be missing the spirit of this. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. But just for like two people.
1: Two people can fit in this little annex. Why don't they building. like
0: do it for like two weeks or something like that? And
1: right, yeah, because I don't understand. Like everybody's going to go on and try to book it all at the same time and it's going to crash and sharon's just going to be just wander in <laughs> yeah.
0: they ain't enough money in the world
1: mm. you know who won't be enjoying an airbnb vacation us anyone <laughs> anyone currently involved in a major storyline Apparently, time off is denied when the story demands it. So poor Jane Danson must not have seen the inside of an airplane <laughs> since before the pandemic. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of understand you don't want people to go away and risk them getting sick or breaking a leg or not being able to get back in time and stuff. But, geez, considering how long some of these storylines have been.
0: <laughs> well, what they tend to do is they send people to prison and they come back with a tan. Right. <laughs> David, I'm looking at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and finally, everyone on set got to take a wee break the other day as a massive storm shut production down, allowing the plot siblings to film one another from across the street and then post it all on Instagram. What you know, Sarah was at at the at the factory and and David was at his house, and they were both filming the downpour and the rain because they couldn't fi- they couldn't you know production was shut down because it was raining so hard so they're filming one another and she's like are you filming me filming you oh, right. filming me right <laughs> and apparently apparently unlike here it's still quite cool there so they're all in like the puffer puff-a-puff-a puffer jackets
0: it was cool here until oh, this week
1: can i wear a puffer puffer jacket now no Oh I dear God. I'm sweating through my, my uh doesn't work, doesn't at, the work factory. at the factory t shirt.
0: I think it's ninety two outside. Ugh. What it was earlier. Did you see the um
1: And that's corny news.
0: Oh that's corny. Do you see Alan Halsell's uh post on Instagram Mm-mm. just like I think an hour ago?
1: No.
0: It was him from nineteen ninety four?
1: Mm
0: hmm. Or one. I might have the date wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From a ways ago. Mm-hmm. Every time I see nineteen ninety, I think that was ten years ago. It wasn't. It was no. like 30 Did years you ago, see the
1: meme I posted on Facebook about Back to the Future? How in Back to the Future he goes from ni- the nineteen eighties to the nineteen fifties. So it was if it was filmed today, he'd be going back to nineteen ninety one. Yeah, You need to fuck People off. People hate with that. that. <laughs> you need to People fuck off. People hate with that. that.
0: <laughs> I posted that the stand and deliver is forty years old. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, he posted a, uh, a photograph of him sitting on Sue Cleaver's Lap Mm -hmm. on the set of our commercial with a young Simon Pegg in the background.
1: What? Right. That's crazy. (laughs) That was pretty cool. Mm. Our
0: mailbag. Canadian Helen wrote in to say, Great podcast this week. That was last week. Thank you. Uh, She also enjoyed uh, Toya's performance. I can so relate to She's Behind You. This reminds me of when my dear grandmother would watch television. She would think that the characters were very real and that they could hear her. (laughs) <laughs> keep up the amazing work also like the new theme tune thank you Canadian Helen and I don't know if that's a grandparent thing but my grandparents used to do the same yeah. as well they would shout at the TV yeah. they're behind you and I don't know if it was for my benefit uh-huh. or if they genuinely thought that there was I
1: don't think they genuinely thought I think you get caught up in things like I yell at the TV all the time
0: oh that's like, true
1: what the hell are you doing stop that you do don't go in there are you stupid
0: and now, well, podcast for coffee.
1: Did you see? Uh, did you see pictures of uh, the the Friends reunion that they're filming? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, James Corden ruined it for me. Yeah. Next question.
1: Matt LeBlanc.
0: We had a dry week last week.
1: Yes, sadly.
0: This week, more than made up for it.
1: Yes, even though it's too hot to drink coffee Yep. and it's too late in the day.
0: Thanks to Australian somebody. Uh, they bought us a coffee, said thank you for a great Australian podcast. Australian somebody? Well, well, will get to it. You kept me going during 2020 in Melbourne, Australia. By the way, we Aussies eat chilli corn carne with rice. <gasps>
1: Timbot 4000 says who eats chili con carne without rice All Mexicans
0: (laughs) But not Australians (laughs) Then Christy wrote in and said What goes best with a cup of coffee Another cup of coffee She got us two cups of coffee
1: Very nice, because there's two of us An
0: amazing podcast with two awesome hosts Enjoy, thank you very much And I meant to do this last week for our three year anniversary But the mugs hadn't arrived But our talk of the street mugs arrived
1: (coughs) Woohoo Don't break them.
0: (laughs) God, they're really fragile. No, they're they're fine. They're fine.
1: That was so awkward.
0: (laughs) Seriously, they're fine. And anyway, these are ours. So I can break them if
1: I want. Hi.
0: So what I intended to do was uh, give a Talk of the Street mug away to one of our listening several. So if you want to uh, enter a draw to win one of these mugs... All you need to do is send a tweet to at Corey Podcast with a hashtag, but not like that.
1: Oh, we're doing it. We're doing this. Not it. you have to buy us a cup of coffee. No. no,
0: no purchase necessary. Ooh, or you can send an email to the Talk of the Street at gmail with the title, but not like that, and we will draw a winner on Memorial Day, which is May the thirty first.
1: We prefer that you do the whole Twitter thing though, because that
0: yeah, it gets a lot of people eat. right. Yeah. And send out a Talk of the Street mug to the winner worth 17.99 well not worth right costs 17.99
1: and if you're british it will cost more than that to ship it to you
0: absolutely and i will ship this wherever in the world
1: yes wherever in the world we're not like some podcasts that say britain only i'm looking at you sofa cinema club
0: (laughs) (laughs) what did they do that (laughs) they did do that
1: yeah with the disney box
0: well that's a box, this is just a mug and what I'm going to do is get it sent from the company so it becomes Teespring's right. problem. If you just want to buy one of these you can go to our merch store and buy them yeah. like I said, 17.99. So if you want to uh, buy us a coffee, you can go into ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street and you can do it there and we'd be very appreciative like we were for Christy and for anonymous Australian coffee buyer, thank you very much And now this
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome
0: Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver Just enough time to quickly talk about Mongolian throat singing
1: Oh yeah, this was Kurt doing the Mongolian throat singing thing.
0: That's right. This, predictably, was Kurt's activity on the last day of his hollybobs. bobs. Ah, I was governing you hated people. Still do. <laughs> the COVID isolation, MS Teams video conferences and people not wearing masks was all starting to get to the two of us. I was at the marbles racing stage of lockdown.
1: Oh yeah, remember the marble racing? Oh, that feels like you so long obsessed ago. Obsessed with that.
0: Yeah, it was putting me to sleep and stuff. I had that kind of ASMR <laughs> type thing with the little marbles clicking, clicking together. Together, yeah. yeah. With Oliver seriously ill in hospital, Nick picks this moment to discuss with Leanne where he fits in to what remains of the little boy's life. Gemma's been to group therapy and is all better, and takes advice from Sean to record her feelings on a vlog, as this was helpful to him that time he was homeless
1: remember that time he was homeless.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure we also mentioned...
1: How much we missed Carol? What
0: happened to Carol? Poor Carol. David opens up about his self-destructive tendencies while Craig drinks water from a questionable source. Tyrone, Fizz, Hope and Ruby all take joy from winding evil enough about a relationship with Arthur. Nina is amazing even when she has zero screen time. Do you remember that? She was only mentioned by name. You never actually saw her, but she was upstairs in the flat playing Cradle of Filth.
1: Oh, that's right. I remember that. That and, was awesome. And
0: she almost got moment of the week for that. <laughs> Roy knows a cradle of filth track when he hears one. Ed finally works through the bistro snag list and still has time to take racist Dawn down a peg or two. Michael's pep talk to disinterested Tiana's enough to earn a smooch from Grace. Aggie is creepy. Moment of the week was Ed standing up to racist Dawn and boring moment of the week was Simon buying Oliver a five pound bag of lollipops. Aww. Yeah, you buy a sick kid all those lollipops. Well, yeah. That was your point.
1: So you could eat them later. How I'll did that work? Out? did.
0: And that was, yeah, fun. And <laughs> that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Our first storyline tonight.
1: Good job!
0: First time in 14 months <laughs> I've said that and been correct about it. Is Camper Van Edhoven...
1: That's, that's just, that's that's the worst. So much
0: work to get through that, really. Yeah. On Monday, Ed's back already because he was, he left.
1: Right. Just for the weekend.
0: I thought he was going away for weeks.
1: Yeah. You'd think he would have been gone for a bit longer. I thought they said he
0: was going away for weeks.
1: For a week, maybe.
0: But it's not even that. It was a weekend. He's back and he's already pissed that his camper van is missing. He stomps inside the house, which allows Ronnie to explain that he's pimping it up for him to Michael. James. James. Meanwhile, Michael is running around town looking for it. James doesn't think that this is a good idea. And that, I think, is James's contribution this week.
1: Yes. Or is it later? J- J- no. That's I, it. That's it. That's all no, we get of James.
0: James just gets what two lines fuck? a week. Maybe he doesn't want any more than two lines a week.
1: Give the Baileys more to do. <laughs> I mean, we did get a lot of Ed and Ronnie. At rover,
0: week. Ronnie, whose top three shirt buttons have popped out, invites Jenny to come back to the camper van later and probably christen it. Jenny has to visit Johnny, but they seem to arrange to meet afterwards. Meanwhile, Daisy, because there's Daisy this week, doesn't miss his brooding chemistry and poor shirt-fastening skills. <laughs> Jenny, All
1: he needed to do was just zhoosh his uh, sleeves up just a wee bit so we could see a bit of arm and...
0: You want them to put maybe a cigarette packet from <laughs> the-
1: No, no cigarette no. packets, but just shoot it up to like halfway up the forearm and yeah, that's the stuff.
0: Oh, it suddenly got very hot in here. <laughs> Jenny insists it's nothing and she goes off for a shower, a cold one, and probably a wank. At prison, Johnny's had a shave and is interested in chatting about the new lodger to Jenny.
1: I know, I'm really sad the beard's gone. I love that beard.
0: Did he always have slicked back hair?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so either. His hair's longer. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since he's had it cut. But I'm just I'm so sad because once once again, a man who looks fantastic in a beard in this show shaves it off and makes me sad. First mm. Dev and now Johnny. So sad
0: Jenny is evasive and wants to talk about getting away But Johnny just wants to get out
1: God, every time get back to
0: her normal life All
1: Jenny wants to do is go on vacation That's like her favourite thing to do I can't
0: I can't blame her Wouldn't you want to get away? Daisy's there <laughs> Let's go to France again, Johnny Come on, please Just take me to France and we can just
1: Forget Daisy exists
0: Get lost I don't... I later at the camper pimping place said that not too bad thank you very much <laughs> Ronnie is showing off a very nice looking camper van Jenny gets inside while Ronnie wanders off to settle up the bill but he bumps into Ed who was using his noggin to check with the company to see if they'd seen it mm-hmm. good smarts as predicted he's pissed at the project that was complete over a weekend mm-hmm. has been done uh, without him and the boys being involved because that was the whole point and then right. he sees Jenny in the back and it seems that she and Ronnie have got their DNA all over his bonnet. Yeah. She denies it.
1: Have you been fraternising with the local landlady?
0: <laughs> like it's Victorian
1: England I or know. something. Right?
0: She denies it, but as she explains what actually happened, it sounds dodgy as fuck. Ed apologises and orders Ronnie to unpimp his ride.
1: Right, which is not going to happen. No. Wait, is he supposed to, like, get the paint off? <laughs> right. Put the dents back in.
0: Mm-hmm. Take out that sound system, which actually would probably be the easiest part.
1: Give them thing to do. Make the f- bumper rusty again. Mm-hmm. Take, a,
0: <sighs> take a shit in it. <laughs> back at the Rovers, Jenny and Ronnie are having a very sexually charged conversation, where even the term "lamb chunks" seems to be loaded. <laughs> oh no, no woman should be <laughs> up to her elbows and in lamb chunks. chunks.
1: But hole. I he the, mind.
0: he wouldn't mind getting up to his elbows and lamb chunks. Cue
1: the gif of Blanche squirting herself with the water bottle. to
0: declare have set my heart aflutter.
1: Clutching my pearls.
0: Jenny very much enjoyed the shenanigans at the camper. She says made her feel like a teenager. Ronnie felt the same way and they go off to change their underwear. And then a flustered Jenny comes down the stairs sometime later.
1: With her jacket off.
0: Jenny's been on her own in the front of the house so Jenny gives her double time Daisy ju- What did I say? Jenny A flustered Ronnie, right, okay whatever So Jenny <laughs> gives her double time just to get the fuck away so Ronnie can sneak down the stairs clearly only able to do up his shot on a floor <laughs> of a building that has street access <laughs> later Ronnie only has two buttons undone on his shut which makes me think that he does up one button for every time he gets his hole in a the day <laughs> They both feel that they've been taken advantage of each other Jenny thinks that she's a cliche A horny cliche. This can only be a one-off. And she goes off to help Daisy. i not like that. Then then Ed comes in the rovers and apologises again to Jenny. Sorry for dragging her into the whole Ronnie stuff. Right. She calls him through. Come on, Ronnie. Here's a bottle of whiskey. The two you sit down and make up. Right. Rum. I thought it was whiskey. Rum. So Ronnie and Ed have different ideas about who was cruel to who when they were growing up. But they're getting on much better. Ronnie apologizes again about the camper van just as Kat comes in and I was like, oh God, what's her name again? It's Kat. Meow. It's Ronnie's wife. Ed introduces or I say her
1: Meow.
0: Ed introduces her to Jenny as Ronnie's business partner. Aye right, says Kat. I'm his wife. And she suggests going somewhere more private. Separated, says Ronnie, who doesn't want to know. But Kat makes herself comfy, wants to get to know her brother in law and orders a GNT. Kat orders a bag of crisps which Jenny fucking throws at her. Sorry, trying to be socially distanced, she says. Yeah,
1: well, Kat is being very catty.
0: She is, she's condescending, snaps her fingers. Right. She comes from the big city, she's been in London for a while, even though she's got a northern accent.
1: Right, yeah, she's insulting, because that's what people from that London do.
0: Right, they don't even notice it. suddenly Ronnie is keen on the somewhere more private idea. We learn that Cat cheated on Ronnie with his best man. Cliché much? Cat announces that she's worried that they're going to lose the business unless he comes back to London, and then she leaves him and Ed to it. Through the back room, Jenny's in tears, angry at her stupidity, and she barks at Daisy to leave her alone. Later, Ronnie is under the impression that everything's cool between him and Ed again, but Ed disabuses him of that. He's done nothing but turn their lives upside down since he got here, and he keeps repeating the same shite over and over. You reap what you sow, Ed says, and he leaves them to it. Mm-hmm. Now, Daisy has been doing her sums. Jenny and Ronnie were all giggles earlier, and now they're bears with sore heads. Ronnie tells her to leave it, which she does, but not before she makes it obvious that if he wants to do up another button, she has just the vagina in mind for the task. <laughs> Then Ronnie speaks to Jenny through the back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what?
1: That was awful.
0: She's still furious with herself and her behaviour and doesn't want him anywhere near her. It was just a bit of fun and Sister Ronnie, but it doesn't feel like that to her. And he asks her to go, just as D- Daisy comes in apologising if she's interrupting something, Jenny says she was just upset seeing Johnny, but she's fine. Daisy doesn't believe. A word of it. And all that happened just on Monday. Yes. I was kind of shocked when that happened, even though... The qu- the chemistry last week was Oof. palpable.
1: Yes, yes, it was obvious where this was going.
0: But then you said a couple of weeks ago, you know, Jenny loves Johnny. Yeah, this isn't going to happen, and I don't think it was going to happen either. So it kind of gave me a bit of a shock when it went. It went beyond just the flirting and just enjoying the chase aspect of it.
1: This is a soap opera.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, so no, fun. that's no fun to watch.
1: People have sex with one another and then go back to their happily married lives. kind
0: of looked on the cards, though, at the campervan scene. Yeah. At that point, you thought, okay, there's maybe something that's yeah. going to happen here. Oh, yeah. On Wednesday, if Jenny doesn't want Daisy t- to suspect anything has gone on between her and Ronnie, she's doing a very bad job of it. She snaps at Ronnie for being late for breakfast And then demands that he's checked out by midday He pretends it was this was always on the cards he was always due to leave mm-hmm. uh, All for Daisy's benefit And this is nothing worth noting But she clearly suspects otherwise And later Daisy tracks Jenny down to the bistro And demands the goss on Ronnie Or she'll ask her again in front of the whole pub Jenny sighs And says that she's done something that she regrets Knew it, says Daisy You snogged him, didn't you? Worse than that, says Jenny I've only gone and got my fucking hole off of them. Daisy thinks that Jenny has to leave Johnny now. No. But Jenny has no intention of doing so, because there's more. Ronnie's married too. Ed meets Ronnie in the pub, still angry about the secret wife thing. Ronnie explains that he's selling up to Kat and leaving today. Daisy and Jenny watch on and listen to this from behind the bar. Ronnie goes through the back and explains that Kat has agreed to a divorce. That was quick.
1: Finally, Jenny t- even though she's been insisting over and over and over again that she won't give him a divorce.
0: But mm-hmm. did we do? Did we see her twice in total? Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely interested in her story.
1: Right. And it still doesn't feel like, it feels like it's all tell and no show.
0: Hmm. There's a business. What what business? What is the business? Right.
1: They have a business together.
0: The business is in London. Does it have to be in London? What does she really hate about the North, considering that she's
1: from the North? Right. She slept with his best man once, and yet he cheated on her as well, and he also cheated on his first wife at least once. Mm -hmm. So why is this a deal breaker for him? What is going on in the other room?
0: I think it's upstairs. She sings karaoke when I'm in meetings and everybody can hear her.
1: (laughs) She tells me, and I'm like, "Well, I can't hear you." And you'd think that I'd be able to hear her, but I can't.
0: She was singing a song that had swear words in it, (gasps) and she stopped when she got. It was a Green Day song. It was "American Idiot." Okay. And then she got to the swear word and she laughed and she, and she said something that rhymed with it. Ah. And meanwhile, my whole team can hear every Mm -hmm. single bit of this.
1: She and I were singing a basket case together in the car on the way home from the vinyl record sale, and she knew every word. Does she? Yeah, she and and she. You know, when I was doing the harmony and everything with her, and it was really nice. But yes, my twelve-year-old daughter was singing. I went to a whore. who said, "My life's a bore." Mm -hmm. (laughs) So good. That's fine.
0: I'm sure she won't be explaining that to a therapist in (laughs) years to come. So Jenny tells him he sees himself out, but he closes the door and refuses. He needs her to hear him out. He insists that he isn't a womanizer. He's just someone looking for someone to love him. But instead, he bumbles from one failed relationship to another, and he didn't even tell Ed about Kat. She means more to him than all that.
1: Right, and why is that? Why did he not even tell his family he was married?
0: Because he was embarrassed about the best man thing. Or so he said.
1: That doesn't make any sense because (laughs) wouldn't he have found out about he found out about that after the wedding.
0: Yeah, but they weren't at the wedding. The the family wasn't at the wedding. Because
1: they weren't invited.
0: Uh, It was a spot of the moment thing it was while they were on holiday it was within a week of meeting each other. Hmm. You watch this like an hour ago
1: I know it still doesn't make any sense though I know what they said but still it, it, there's, it feels like there should be more there that,
0: right? well nah you do things impetuously
1: like move to like, America like like we did it took over a year for you to propose
0: and we were in Michigan for two days when we got married <laughs> I don't want to hear it so he tells her that she means more to him than all that and if she doesn't see that he says he should go but instead she tells him to wait, she doesn't want, want him to leave, in fact she'd rather get a hold of him again and they're about to get down to it when the door busts open and here's
1: Johnny, Johnny.
0: it's Johnny Yay.
1: with flowers a week early and his
0: hair slicked back surprise <laughs> he says whilst on the toilet
1: no chili con carne without rice
0: <laughs> No shit, says Jenny Johnny and Ronnie introduce themselves to each other and then Ronnie leaves Now Johnny's keen on his version of getting his hole Super, says Jenny
1: Like taking a shower
0: So Johnny's had a shower and is going but still going with the slick back hair thing It's weird to be home, he says Then Daisy comes in and isn't pleased to see him but he thanks her for helping to take care of everything when he was away mm-hmm. Never a dull moment, says Daisy giving Jenny the eye right and later daisy is taking advantage of some alone time with jenny to reprise her i fucking hate johnny a retrospective collection (laughs) jenny's had enough and wants her to drop it but she keeps on going on about it and says that johnny's going to find out sooner or later just as johnny wanders in johnny's going to find out what sooner or later and he seems to be pretending to be a hardened criminal now he wandered in like a bit of a gangster i thought Eh. Jenny stutters and explains that the pub hasn't been doing well since he's been away
1: That's what happens when you eat chilli con carne without rice
0: <laughs> Johnny laughs, he doesn't care about that Daisy rolls her eyes and goes on about how much it's its such a big deal that Ronnie left So Jenny shoots her out and uh, to help Ryan, who gets a name check behind the bar Suggesting to Johnny that Daisy had a thing for Ronnie Which isn't entirely false, I don't think Meanwhile, Ronnie is saying his goodbyes to Ed. Ed is sorry for how things have worked out. Ronnie says, "You're always a cantankerous old shite." And as Ronnie wanders slowly away, checking over his shoulder every couple of steps, Ed tells him that he can live in the campervan until they find somewhere else.
1: That was hilarious, and all comes back to that campervan. Right.
0: So Jenny nabs Daisy when they're alone in the back room. Any more stirring or attempts to split us up, and you'll be sleeping on the fucking street with your teeth up your arse.
1: Right. right. Up your, up your arse. arse
0: now, breaks over, get back to work <laughs> On Friday, Johnny is given it all Red from Shawshank Appreciating shite now that he's out of jail Like buttered toast Have we always had this butter? Daisy makes a snide comment about Ronnie liking that butter too Ugh. So privately Johnny tells Daisy he knows what this is about And the two of them need to have a chat Johnny insists that he and Jenny love each other And they've had some good times together He just can't think of any right now He's not all that bad He wants to wipe the slate clean and start all over again. She agrees to whoever Jenny wants, but makes it clear that she doesn't give a fuck what he wants or thinks. Oh, let me have both barrels, says Johnny. And later, Johnny is talking to Jenny about uh, the word that he had with Daisy. He tried to clear the air, but she still thinks that he's scum. He's promised to be a better man. The past is behind him, he says, and at that, Ronnie comes wandering in, and Jenny quickly takes him through the back under the auspices that he left his charger behind. So Jenny says that she thought Ronnie was going to stay away and she needs him to stop texting her because they're texting each other apparently. She mm. and Johnny are going to make things work. Ronnie admits to liking Johnny and being surprised that he's been bound up for a violent crime. Right. Well, there's a story behind that. Right, and you re- yes. And you really don't want to hear no. it. Ed and Johnny apparently are best friends. And Ed has learned from Gary that he's been playing a lot of dominoes inside. Ooh! Well, Ed says he and Ronnie play cutthroat dominoes. And rather than play in the pub, they all go back to Ed's.
1: It's a nicer. Do you think? Yeah, they've got that brand new fancy schmancy banister.
0: (laughs) To play dominoes on. (laughs) Fizz comes into the rovers from another storyline to complain to Jenny and Daisy about Tyrone. After everything that they've been through together, she doesn't know how she could ever forgive him now. Daisy throws Jenny a look. Fizz continues on about Tyrone to think that she was planning a wedding if there's one ray of sunshine in this at least he wasn't cheating behind my back for months says Fizz Mm -hmm. Daisy couldn't agree more and Jenny swallows her chin a little bit
1: and then they just keep complaining about men and then they all look at Ryan look at Ryan (laughs)
0: because Ryan's back
1: (laughs) I've seen
0: Ryan in months I know it's
1: been ages nice to see Ryan yes and That was hilarious, you know, because <laughs> he's not
0: kind of a proper character anymore. He's kind of occupying a strange role where he's just on the periphery of a lot of things.
1: Well, he was in an, an
0: advisory role to Alia, but wasn't really, right.
1: he was kind of part of that storyline,
0: and he was quite passive in it.
1: It's tough because he's the only member of his family left, right? And I think that makes it hard, yeah, but still, we like Ryan.
0: Johnny comes back from the dominoes with a surprise, it's Ronnie. Moving back into the b Johnny thinks that they need the money more than he needs any privacy and the two of them have been getting on like a house on fire. Well, that's just great, says Jenny. In the back room, Jenny confesses to Ronnie that she can't go on like this and she's going to have to tell Johnny what happened. Ronnie explains why this isn't a great idea. She not only will, will be doing this to make herself feel better, for Johnny's just happy to be home, Ed will also do his nothing if he finds out that Ronnie has pegged Jenny. Will he care? He probably would. Have, yeah, Yeah. He
1: and, he'd he complain and
0: complain about it.
1: He and Johnny are friends.
0: Ronnie promises to leave after a day or two so no one is at all suspicious about this. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yes. Uh, so, how long until Johnny finds out? <sighs> next week? Probably not next week.
1: I don't know. Because but- he needs to
0: lay it on thick for at least a, a week and a half before he finds out anything.
1: Yeah, I mean we we kind of, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Well,
0: you seem to. I, I really didn't expect it like, to happen until this week. Whoa,
1: yeah. They want each other. They are DTF.
0: Oh well, <laughs> they were DTF.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. You know. And
0: does it not sit slightly uncomfortably though, given? the big deal that was made before Johnny went
1: right, to prison yeah.
0: that he was going to divorce her. He was doing mm-hmm. everything he possibly could to make her mm-hmm. not love him as much as she clearly did right. anymore. And, and she, she, she still refused. Does. She was angry with him because that Scott thing was just, I mean, comparatively, it was <laughs> the best storyline in the world. But mm-hmm. you know, at the time, it was just terrible Right. that Johnny wasn't anywhere near this. Right. But while she was angry, she, this marriage wasn't going to fail. She was going to make it work. She was going to stick by him. Right. She was going to wait for him to come out. Right. And then she fucks Ronnie.
1: Like right before Johnny gets out.
0: Does that, that, that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. Because that just wasn't, that wasn't Jenny. Liz. You know what you think? It was fucking Liz as well.
1: No. Oh. I'm pointing out that Johnny didn't just stoom Liz once like she stoom. did with Ronnie. She, Johnny and Liz were going at it. Full-blown affair. Right. I think we can forgive Jenny this, her little bit of fun with Ronnie, because look at the guy. It, it really, it really hits home when you see Ronnie and Johnny together. Mm-hmm. You see the two of them together. Who would you bang?
0: Well, one of them's lamb chunks, and one of them is squirrel casserole. <laughs> uh, David, I've said this. I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. That, that Ronnie is. A, he's not an ugly man. He's not an ugly man. I'm not saying that Johnny's, Johnny's an ugly, not an ugly man, man either. either but. <sighs> It's like, he's not Ronnie. <laughs> he's and at least the their names Ronnie.
1: at least their names rhyme. So
0: yeah, I mean Jenny and Liz don't even rhyme. <laughs> what the fuck's going on there? Yeah, maybe maybe this was. Still at the back of our mind a little bit,
1: right? And I like this because it incorporates the Baileys into a storyline that involves other characters besides other. Baileys. I
0: know, and we've been complaining about that. And for we've been complaining so about
1: that forever. And so this is, this is good. I like it. I like the way that it's progressed. It's well acted. What this means for Johnny and Jenny, I don't know. I mean, they've been through a lot together i really like, don't want the rovers to be sold again
0: well that would happen yeah i'm i'm kind of glad that that jenny's got something <laughs>
1: to look forward to and
0: to get her teeth into right that's a little bit more than just being behind the bar with the the quick comments and right the filled drink being and, funny and stuff right this is this is at least interesting
1: right yeah and it and it doesn't involve her being miserable Right. It's nice to have Jenny not be miserable. You know, and she genuinely... I think she still genuinely loves Johnny as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the way she's like, Otherwise, calling herself a, stupid and stuff.
0: There would be a Jenny-shaped you know. hole in the front door of the Rovers if that right, wasn't the case.
1: Right, yeah, she'd be tolling down the street in that camper van.
0: Fucking right. A knickers tied to the believe, exhaust pipe.
1: I do believe the the Beatles reason. wrote a song about this. About doing it in the road.
0: And it goes something I like <laughs> this. All right. Our next storyline today. I never thought I'd get to say this. It's homeless Carol's return.
1: Woohoo Carol. 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 People were adding <laughs> us left and right about the return of Carol. It 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 did my heart good that <laughs> So many people shared in our joy at seeing Carol's return.
0: Yeah, but now she's back. I'm all kind of, oh, Carol's back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. On Monday, homeless Carol's back. Woo! She's in the area for a job interview and bumps into Sean, who takes a second to recognize her. Now she's she's all cleaned up on that.
1: Yeah, and she's no longer homeless.
0: She's not bleeding anymore. No. That's great news. No.
1: And she's off the stuff. She went to rehab.
0: Sean says that he has to run, but they arrange to catch up in the pub later. Reminisce about being beaten fucking senseless in the park.
1: Right. Other overs, And living off of squirrels.
0: <laughs> Poor Johnny. Other overs, Sean is with homeless Carol, looking embarrassed at the reminder of, of him being homeless, insisting to Daisy that instead he was financially challenged. And
1: right, yeah, because he seems really upset that Carol has told Daisy all about mm. him being homeless. It's like, oh, Sean... Daisy is You never ke- learn.
0: No. Daisy is keen to get Carol signed up for the double glammy shite. Ugh. And Sean doesn't think it's right for homeless Carol <clears throat> and she takes offence at the Stop th- calling her that. that. Washing his bits in a public toilet wasn't exactly for him, but what do you know? <laughs> Carol says that she can turn her hand to anything, which I found more troubling than it should be. Mm. So Daisy does her best to talk homeless Carol into it. Well, Sean tries <laughs> to talk <laughs> her out of it. <laughs> Carol <laughs> thinks that hes an, ashamed of her. So he can go fuck himself, Tully, and she storms out. Sean runs after her, but not for long. No. And later, Sean explains to Daisy that he doesn't want to load Carol with stuff that she won't be able to sell. Daisy thinks that she could be a top seller if they carried cold sore cream and UTI medication. What <laughs> a cow!
1: I know, but I, I, I kind of like the fact that she's such a cow now. She's growing on me. No, really. And also, Daisy is the name of a cow, so it works.
0: Move over. On Wednesday, Homeless Carol meets up with Sean and Roger Rose. He explains to her that the double glammy thing is a hard graft and it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's a stressful job, but to keep her sweet, he offers to buy her lunch and she eats like a camel. And then her phone goes.
1: <laughs> she orders everything on the menu. It's great.
0: <laughs> then her phone rings. Hello, Homeless Carol speaking. It was a job centre, so she has to go and she leaves him to it. And then she meets up with Daisy in the back room of the Rover. Right, is a bit yeah. Of a so that wasn't the job no, centre who called. It's Daisy's got her phone number somehow. So
1: well, they were chatting before Sean came in. Remember? So she probably got her phone number then.
0: She's bought into the double glammy thing using next month's rent money. Belter says Daisy. Now, not a word to this to Sean. Mm-hmm. He gets very territorial, territorial about this. Do you think that Carol's going to be good at the double glammy selling? Or is this going to put her back in the street again? Is she going to leave for your homeless Carol?
1: I think I think Sean is going to save her and that's the thing that's going to get him out of double glammy. I think this is finally going to be the thing because he, he genuinely doesn't want her to do it because he knows... It's
0: a scam. It,
1: yeah.
0: It's a pyramid scheme. Right. This he's is He's genuinely redemption.
1: trying to be nice. He just can't admit that he's trying to be nice. You know? If only he was able to communicate properly well, there would be there wouldn't be a problem here.
0: This storyline hasn't been a focus at all for oh, for weeks. Right? Yes, thank goodness. Right. We haven't missed it. <clears throat> no. He spent weeks insisting to people that this isn't a scam. Right. And everyone says to him, Well, oh, this is this is so dodgy. And it's like it's uh-huh. not dodgy. It's a pyramid scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. He's spent so long telling people that it's not something that he's finding it impossible to say to someone that this is what it is.
1: Right. Even though he has finally admitted and remember was trying to get out of it. And then that that Welsh guy. Brilliant. Yeah. Convinced him otherwise. Welsh Chelsea. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, convinced Uh. him otherwise. Got my flat, got my motor. Somehow...
1: So is the next person going to be American Ridian, or Australian Ridian,
0: Russian Ridian? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that's a. This is a redemption opportunity for for Sean to yeah. close the door on the whole uh, pyramid scheme thing, while still finally after three years. Almost three years? Yeah, it was August, I think, mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah. We hadn't been doing this for very long when when she left. Right. Covered in blood. She was going to meet some people. Right. And then she was going to come back.
1: Right. She never does. And she
0: never did. Sean had kind of forgotten about it and Billy says, well, some people just aren't ready to be helped. Well done, Billy. Yeah. That's Archdeacon material right there. Good
1: job, Billy. We didn't see Billy this week, did we?
0: We did not. Hmm yeah interested to see where this goes because there's there is an opportunity here for a a, something like a happy ending
1: right yeah and another redemption story for sean who will then (laughs) not have learned anything afterwards because he obviously didn't learn anything from being homeless the first time no
0: otherwise he wouldn't be involved in this no so our next storyline today now that we have got homeless carol out of the way let's fix that fucking sinkhole shall we (sighs) <sighs> on Monday, Natasha's back and dropped Sam off at number eight and her roped Gail, who is looking fabulous, by the way.
1: You think Gail's looking fabulous? I thought Gail
0: was looking fabulous this week. Huh. She had this little creamy top thing on, her hair was all zhuzhi. I thought she was looking great.
1: She always looks great.
0: Uh, she manages to talk Gail into cleaning her house for her. And it'll be Audrey who's left to endure Sam for the day.
1: Right, because Gail likes to clean. I mean, she's cleaned the factory. She's
0: got the little uh, Freddie Flintstone tabard. Right. She's all set. Sam's doing that thing where he says that he's doing something that sounds really complex and intelligent that no one understands and is probably just watching Pingu. Right. He- <laughs> Natasha... I
1: would like to be watching Pingu right now. now he's, oh. he's watching... He's, uh, he's mapping out... The changes of so he says. borders from the last two hundred years. This How is this fuck. child doing this, Stop. by the way? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I'm, and he uh, says I'm I'm doing this thing with the borders that you, yeah you won't understand. He says
1: this in reply to Gail saying, Oh, he's he's playing one of those video games like what Max is always involved in. Uh-huh. Doesn't give a specific video game, although we get a specific video game later in a different storyline.
0: Natasha is the only one remotely bothered about the sinkhole and offers to get it fixed so they can go out in the back garden again.
1: Yes. Don't you want your children to be able to play in the back garden?
0: Then Audrey comes round and admires the sinkhole while Gail worries that she won't be able to uh, look after Sam. And make a sandwich. Like she's just so not maternal. I love how they remember that Audrey's not maternal in the slightest. (laughs) Gail leaves and Audrey pretends to be interested in Sam's Map of the World project but fails to identify France. (laughs) Oh, what's that funny looking country?
1: France.
0: Oh, (laughs) so looking after Sam Audrey's on the vino lounging out on the sofa
1: right while Sam makes sandwiches
0: chatting to Sam about (laughs) London in the swinging 60s (laughs) while Sam makes his own sandwich she talks about her first wild weekend in London Soho didn't know what hit it and she finished up pissed out of her nut in an Aberdeen steakhouse talk about glamour then Gail sneaks in and catches Audrey asking Sam for a top up except she calls Sam Ben (laughs) meanwhile sam has used <laughs> natasha's bracelet to make an electricity board from lego and it seems natasha doesn't know that he's nicked it so gail recovers it while audrey goes to sleep off her afternoon vino yes what a Gre- fucking legend
1: <laughs> great great dad is going to take a nap only well, she calls it sleeping it off for never, some reason never
0: heard that before says <laughs> Sam. yeah well you're not quite as smart as you think you are so Natasha's back at number eight Impressed with Gail's housework skills Gail hunts through her bag for Natasha's key And in doing so the bracelet falls out The fuck you doing my bracelet? <laughs> oh we forgot to we forgot Natasha to- went all big Yeah Just for a second The fuck yeah. you doing that?
1: And it's not even It's like A silver bangle Right It's not even Like diamond encrusted or anything No it looked free Do you think uh, Gail left Sam's desk alone like he asked her to? Do you remember the beginning? He's like, don't touch anything on my desk. It may look like a mess, but Mm -hmm. I have it a certain way.
0: A certain way.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is weed.
0: (laughs) So Audrey comes down the stairs at this kerfuffle, says Gail may be judgmental, interfering and have terrible taste in men, but she's no thief. And at that, Sam admits (laughs) that he was the one who took the bracelet. Yeah. Gail calls the whole thing a misunderstanding. Audrey goes off to get wired into the vino again. <laughs> Cheerio, Ben, she says. And Natasha now thinks it was adorable that Gail was prepared to take the rap for Sam's Meanwhile, thievery. Ben
1: Price sticks his head out from, from behind the kitchen door <laughs> and says, What? Somebody calling me.
0: <laughs> David comes home as Natasha insists on loaning them the money to fix the sinkhole. David accepts without missing a beat. Natasha then suggests to Gail that she works her fingers to the bone by becoming a professional business. In fact, set up your own business. Hire people.
1: Get Shona to help.
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
1: <laughs> we all laughed at that. For a while we it was... We laughed and laughed. For a
0: while it was a good idea. <laughs> and Natasha offers to help. So, and then that kind of becomes a different storyline later right. on in the week. But yes. as a little capsule story yeah. on... What was that? Was that Monday as well? Yes. That it was Monday. Well, jeez, Monday was
1: just, Monday was very busy. It was
0: cramped. Of course. That was great.
1: Friday was very busy for me because Friday is the day that I watch all of the episodes.
0: Imagine having Audrey... As your great-grandmother. Well, no, just Audrey being there as a character that you, you put in cold storage for a little while <laughs> and then you bring her out every now and again. And every time you bring her out, she does something like she did this week, <laughs> which was... Screamingly funny,
1: right? Yes, and makes more money than everybody else put (laughs) together.
0: I hope she does, because she was fantastic.
1: Yeah, she's an icon. Remember that time she threw she threw flowers at Claudia, or was it a trophy she threw at Claudia? Remember that time she and Claudia had a fight over a a dead man's (laughs) corpse They
0: kept pushing it in the conveyor belt, coming out (laughs) the the conveyor belt. belt. It was like. A metaphor for Nigel <laughs> Havers actually having sex with something.
1: Oh God! See, this is the Coronation Street we love, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Audrey. <laughs> Basically, old people and soap right. operas.
1: Can we just have a show that's Audrey, Rita, Evelyn, Evelyn Yasmeen, and Tim's mum?
0: And Addy. Addie's there just because he's so funny.
1: Right, and Mary. That's all we need. But that's, that's All, anybody all we, needs. we need. She And occasionally guest starring Amy where where she and Addie go and solve crimes. Now we have to give credit
0: to the um, to the writers here because they did write her her scene so fantastically well. Yeah, but she's, her the, one, at, well, she she's the one well she brings no float to feet it. Up. She brings an awful lot to it, without <laughs> a doubt. But to have that idea where she's supposed to be looking after Sam. And she starts talking about the swing in the 60s. <laughs> it
1: and it turns out more that Sam's taking care of her. And he's... And he's fine. He's
0: just up there making sandwiches, sandwich, not mm-hmm. even really paying a yeah. huge amount of... Well, he's listening. No, he's because he,
1: he says, yeah, great-grand, great-nan told me all about the swing in the 60s.
0: <laughs> and Natasha's like, oh, that must have been interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm never leaving my child with that woman again. <laughs>
0: that was great. I loved that. Yes. Our next storyline tonight is Alahan Detectives Incorporated. On Monday, Dev and Asha go into royal roles where Nina is tidying up a table. No makeup, light colored clothes, regulation, striped penny. She looks smaller and younger somehow. She looked shorter.
1: She did look shorter. To me, she looked older. Did you and think just, so? And just very closed in on herself. Right. Like slumped. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I. She could put some makeup on, just not goth makeup. It's it's. I, guess. It, I hate I hate that they have like all of her bruises showing, and I guess it's kind of like a fuck you to everybody who comes in. Mm-hmm. But still, it's, it's, if she's if she's going to if she's going to kind of renounce her gothness, she she could still at least be.
0: I, I can Beautiful. understand. It's still at the, the zero or a hundred stage. Yeah. There, there's no middle at the moment.
1: Because, like, where did she get those those clothes she's wearing? Because they don't even really fit her very well. I think,
0: I think are, are they still Shona's?
1: I, don't, I hope not. Because hmm. what is Shona wearing?
0: Well. <laughs> so, Asha says that she looks different, but Nina says she looks the same as everyone else now.
1: Yeah, and that was sad.
0: Her boyfriend's recently been kicked to death, so her appearance isn't quite top of her agenda. No, that's true. Asha and Roy fail to read the mood and try to mollycoddle her, but all she wants is to be left alone and get on with shit.
1: They try to shove tomato soup down her throat. Right. and Yeesh. a veggie slice. Mm-hmm.
0: Asha and Addy bump into ITV choreo on the street and Addy is furious that he would even have the nerve to show his face and calls him a murderer. Asha backs... ITV Corey up, reckoning that he's been let go and allowed back to school, so he can't have done anything. ITV Corey wanders away, and he even, just to rub it into people's faces even more, he wanders away to the little memorial garden that's been set up.
1: Right, and he calls Addie a freak. Right. That that seems to be his go-to insult to everyone. Yeah. uh, And I kind of wish Nina had been able to hear it, because then she would, you know... A little trigger... Get her, get her hair cut short like Addie and, and and wear bow ties.
0: Should have been, yeah. Her
1: neckties, not bow ties.
0: A freak that punched your fucking lights out a couple of weeks ago, pal.
1: Yeah. So go fuck yourself.
0: Asha goes to see ITV Corey uh, in the Memorial Garden, tells him that she believes him, and if he needs to talk, she's there for him. Back home, Addie wants to know what Asha's up to. He knows something is up because of the twin connection thing.
1: Right, yes. And I Asha can read your mind.
0: reveals that it's all an act. She's trying to get close to him so that he'll slip up. Addy points out that if she's right, he really is a murderer, and he advises caution. Right. But if the police can't bring him to justice, someone has to, says Asha. Right. And she makes a promise to keep quiet, and she makes him promise to keep quiet about it. Right.
1: She's like she needs to do something for Nina, and and Addy says, and Seb. Yeah, remember. Remember Seb, the one who actually died. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> On Wednesday Asha goes to Roy's Rose to see how Nina is doing But Roy has some bad news He's discovered that she's black bagged all her goth gear and thrown it all out Asha offers to look after it until she changes her mind that she can hang it up back home So she gets back home with the clothes and is obviously furious about the whole situation Addy advises caution and maybe not to get involved with this ITV Corey is never going to admit to killing Seb We'll just see about that, says Asha And she gets her phone out so the two of them are in the memorial garden, and she gets a reply from ITV Corey, who she says has taken her bait.
1: Hmm.
0: This is for Nina, she says,
1: and Seb says, <laughs> Addie. So
0: and that's as far as we get with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, not not quite so much of that storyline.
0: And, and I'm glad because we need a break from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. You know, it's there. It's not like we didn't get more child endangerment. Right. Because this show just loves to terrify mothers well,
0: we, with we, sons. we haven't killed an infant in a while, so. Well, no. Well, we
1: haven't. <laughs> or an older teenager. Um, yeah, the only thing the storyline is missing, of course, is Amy. The best sleuth ever. Mm-hmm. We need the Amy and Addie detective agency to be backing. Well, Amy had a little mystery the, oh. of
0: her own to try and solve later in the week. <laughs> A so it wasn't a as mystery. if she had a lot,
1: I have often had in this house from time to time.
0: A lot on her plate. You're looking at me for it? I've got my own razors.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I know what a ball hair looks like.
0: Seriously, I've got my own razors.
1: Uh, anyway... <laughs>
0: I don't know. It feels like we're discovering something <laughs> on a on an SD card that we probably shouldn't be discovering on an SD card.
1: Anyway, oh
0: yeah, we need a break from it. It's uh, it's and and we're, we're, as a show, we're, we're we're kind of good at this. It, it, um, it gives you the heaviness for like a week, right? And then it's maybe just half a week on either side of it, right? Just so it doesn't overwhelm you and and doesn't make you complain to everyone that oh my god Coronation Street's just far too dark and it's just like EastEnders now
1: as as long as they don't do the thing where they take a break from it for too long and then it comes back and then you're like all indignant because there's still no justice for poor Rick the Chin
0: right (laughs) 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 at some point they're going to have to bury Seb so I've got to imagine that's happening next week
1: I would have thought that that had already him, been right? done off. Well, aren't they cremating him?
0: Well, I would imagine there's going to be some kind of ceremony that we're going to see at mm. least part of it. Or maybe or not suggestions of it. COVID. Yeah, they're still going to have suggestions of it. You've got a character that has a brand new funeral parlor <laughs> who has cause to have a funeral it's for true. a character on the street. You can't not it's have. true, but
1: we can't put very many people in that funeral no. parlor. This is true. We can put three people in it.
0: And that's fine. And they'll do that. Our next storyline today is Tyrone is where the heart is. No, it's not. No, it really isn't. On Wednesday, Ty and Alina have been flat hunting. Ty wants to get out of the place that they're in ASAP. The boiler's like a kettle on the wall and the bath could barely be described as a bird bath. Alina, though, is happy there as it reminds her of Seb and of being safe. Fair enough, says Ty. And then Alina suggests that they go back to the flat and try and cram themselves into a tiny bath for the most uncomfortable sex of their lives. (laughs) Later, Ty is back Open, at like work, someone who's been there pra- bragging about his afternoon delight to Kev when Debbie comes along and oh, she smells some some nice soaps. Mm. And Ty takes the opportunity to complain to her about the bathroom needing to be done. Debbie sighs and says that that flat is an albatross around my neck. Alina's lease is up soon. And once it is, Debbie's just going to sell up. Consider the show, notice. I is, thought it was hilarious.
1: Yeah. When is Emma's lease up? That's what I would like to know.
0: I don't know if you've seen alina's lease as in the girls right because later in the week emma seems to think that it's her place
1: right yeah the, and it should be her place everybody yeah because she, she was, was there, there first
0: <laughs> ty explains to debbie <sighs> that the flat is important to alina given the whole seb thing and she but, sees uh, but that. then
1: but then alina moved back in first after the whole everybody has to move out because they're going to be knocking down half of Coronation Street. All the skyscraper stuff. Right, right. yeah. Alina moves back in first because she was presenting a problem between Ty and Fizz. Right. Remember when we thought that was going to be the end of that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Debbie gives Ty first refusal. Later, Ty asks Kev if uh, he could help him out with the deposit on the flat. Kev is the audience here and asks, what happened to the Ray money? But Ty explains that that's all tied up in Cayman Island investments for the girl's future. But seven grand should swing at Kev. Kev promises to think about it. Kev isn't thinking about it. On Friday, Alina and Tyrone have wheat tots for breakfast. You can fuck your nutty flakes. That's what Alina says. Tyrone is off to beg Kev for money and he's dressed up to do so. Alina is more interested in getting some professional photos of the two of them done. Emma learns uh, through this that Alina and Tyrone are going to buy a flat. And doesn't appear to be thinking that living with, with the two of them Long term sounds very much like fun No Especially with the mess that the bath was in the other night
1: mm-hmm. She doesn't mind Alina She, she seems yeah. to mind Tyrone Right And I, I, I
0: don't think, blame her is Emma, I, I think she is a good judge of character Yeah She sees good in people quite well doesn't she
1: yeah. So if she doesn't Emma doesn't, doesn't like you entirely. If Emma doesn't like you You have no soul <laughs>
0: Right, you're a horcrux. Yes. Hey. Well, big news for Tyrone this week. Kev has knocked back Ty's request for a loan. At the moment, he just doesn't have that kind of money. In classic Cory right now, Kev is demanding that Sally uses the money that she's going to get from her mother's inheritance, her mother who's just died uh-huh. in the last few days. He insists that she uses that money to buy out Natalie's share of the garage and Natalie is the person that Kev has recently had an affair with that Sally knows about, that Kev left Sally to go to Natalie, Kev wants Sally to give her mother's money to Natalie to buy the garage and doesn't understand why that might be a problem.
1: Kev, people complain about Kurt being thick. Kurt is at least amusedly thick Kev is just pain in the ass thick
0: and he's shouting at Sally during this well like 25 years ago
1: no empathy whatsoever no
0: your mother died give me that money and I'm going to give it to the woman that I left you for right so I can have
1: this whole garage this
0: whole business yeah to me
1: yes Which I will later sell for not an awful lot of money.
0: To Ray Weinstein.
1: Yes. To keep, you know, uh, to keep the woman I am now bonking out of, out of trouble. Wow. Who is actually your best friend?
0: Fizz bumps into Emma at Roy's Rolls and catches her looking up properties in the Gazette. And because Emma and Fizz are such great pals, Fizz feels that she can demand to know what's going on here. So Emma tells Fizz about Tyrone and Alina's plans.
1: Right, yeah. You know, Emma says she's looking at Lonely Hearts. Oh, no, no, you're looking at... How can you tell from way across the (laughs) room? I'm just
0: fantasizing about if I uh, won the lottery. So yeah, so Fizz marches round to have it out with Tyrone, sickened that he should have plans to live anywhere other than under a bridge. She doesn't know how they can afford to run two households and she and the girls will not be left high and dry. The girls need new shoes. He promises to take care of it. So Lena finds Tyrone looking glum at the garage. Yeah, because
1: apparently Gary is, has been docking her pay.
0: Yeah, because... Tyrone sold something? Or no, because gave something Tyrone away?
1: allowed that guy to steal a whole truck full That's of furniture. Right. That's right. Yeah. So it's all Ty's fault. Well,
0: it's Fizzy's fault for leaving Ty in charge.
1: Right. Alright, fair point.
0: Alina finds Tyron looking glum at the garage, and he explains about Kev and Fizz. But he insists something will come along, and in the meantime, they should still do the photo shoot because it'll probably still upset Fizz when she finds out about it. Belter says Alina. Then Tyron gets home to find that Alina has plastered shitty acronyms all over our living room. But no,
1: no. Then Alina says, "Well, I'm going to cancel it because we need to save money." And then she goes and she spends all this money on this crap that she throws on the wall. And then it also looks like they bought like a fancy espresso maker that's yellow.
0: Madalin, she didn't spend any money on that shit that she put on the wall. Oh
1: no, trust me, she spent money on it. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to I've been to the craft store. I know she spent money on that stuff. It is awful. And nobody says YOLO anymore. No. And Tyrone would know what YOLO is. The other things I can understand him not knowing I didn't
0: know don't forget that you're awesome or whatever it was.
1: Right, yeah. Those are stupid things that
0: And trill means true real or something like that? That didn't even work. Trill's what you give a budgie.
1: Isn't it? I don't. Sport food. (sighs) Anyway. Anyway. He thinks they're Romanian words, which is even worse. Right. Because he's, he's so...
0: "defugba" isn't even a word. Right. It's got one vowel in it right, right at the end.
1: Well, you know him. He thinks all Romanian words don't have vowels in it, just like all Romanian food has plums in it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Remember when he tried to make Romanian food?
0: Yeah, vaguely.
1: And it didn't. it didn't go over well? Mm. <sighs> just because she's Romanian... High doesn't mean that everything she does is Romanian.
0: God, I'm sure that makes sense. Why
1: don't you just go and have sex with the whole country of Romania if that's the thing that really attracts you to her? Because people are still acting like Alina is the most attractive woman in the world. Because Fitz says it to Daisy and Jenny as well. Oh,
0: she's an attractive woman. She's
1: an attractive woman, but they you know they act like she's like some hot supermodel all the time just because she's romanian
0: those stencils on the wall <laughs> you just couldn't they're
1: blocks She like they have like sticky stuff on them there's no way she's ever going to get that off the wall
0: just all it's going
1: to cause damage it's and, it's the worst and emma's gonna hate it
0: I, I, right well is she i can i can see emma being into that the thing if that, Emma
1: uh, was into it, it would have already been that's done. That's true.
0: The thing that amused me about this though was that Tyrone complains about the the boiler and the complains about the shower and he airs this complaint to Debbie I think on the assumption that she's going to fix it because she's right, a landlady. Yeah. Right. But rather than do that, she just decides to sell the whole fucking thing. Right. That was funny. That was funny. I liked that bit. Get it right up you Tyrone. Yes.
1: Can she do that though? Isn't isn't there aren't there laws?
0: Well, the their lease is going to be up, so she's yeah. waiting until that's up and then she's not going to renew it and she's given them notice. Still you'd you want to wipe their arses as well?
1: Still you'd think that they would have to fix it or something. Do you know in France?
0: Oh you, this seems like a fun fact.
1: You you can't you can't Already. you can't say that an apartment, you can't lease an apartment as fully furnished if it doesn't have blackout curtains and a couch.
0: That wasn't as fun as I was hoping it was going to be. It's still a good fact.
1: Yeah, no, I have a friend, an American friend who, who lives in France, who's been having this problem with her landlord. And she went to complain to the, the council and in doing so found out that he was in even more egregious arrears because she doesn't have a couch that wasn't even the thing she went to go complain on I guess she has chairs but apparently France France you really you really have to give your your renters pretty much everything right like and they were like really shocked about all the things and it was just like oh I live in France. If only there weren't so many French people there.
0: <laughs> That's a joke.
1: <laughs> there are lovely French people, don't get me wrong, but there are also some really awful French people.
0: I quite liked Paris. It's dirty and it's smelly and it's rude, but it's Paris.
1: Right. The same could be said of Glasgow.
0: I wouldn't say it's rude
1: no no glaswegians are lovely they just sound rude it's like germany
0: <laughs> oh we're just <laughs> building bridges right across the whole continent up tonight. i
1: love glasgow it's one of my favorite cities in the world this is what
0: happens when we don't get a good night's sleep before we record a <laughs> podcast and now Tim's mum mom about the house Alright. All right. On Friday, Kathy's still at Yasmin's and she's moaning about them throwing out pizza boxes into the recycling when they've all got twenty percent off coupons on the bottom of them. Yasmin complains that she can't get on with a cleaning, so Kathy tells her to chillax. Kathy, there's a door. Get yourself out it. Did you tell me to chillax in my own house, you can get to fuck.
1: Also just for using the word chillax.
0: That's that's which exactly is, why.
1: Which is older than YOLO. <laughs>
0: She goes off for a shower and overhears Tim's mum tell Yasmin that it's about high time that Cathy sorted herself out. Yasmin goes round to the cabin to check about the troll situation from Brian. Brian seems to have forgotten all about that and asks if Cathy's ready to come home. Yasmin suggests that she's waiting for him to make the first move. So he gives her a call, but she just dingies it. Yeah, she does. She's sitting at a table that's creaking under the weight of pizza boxes. Yes. So by the time that Yasmin gets home, though, Cathy's tidied up away all the boxes and cooked dinner as a thank you for letting her stay. Yasmin explains that she saw Brian and all the troll stuff is sorted out and there's been no bother at the cabin so she can be going home whenever she wants now. Yes, Cathy says that she feels safer here. So Yasmin says well there's no rush <sighs> After dinner, Tim's mum is talking about her pup removal? She's talking about hair removal as well. Cathy goes off for a shite which allows Tim's mum to continue yeah, to Yeah, but complain. she's talking
1: about her legs. Oh, right. She's talking about her legs because then Cathy says, oh not me, I, I like to grow it out to the point where I could put a French braid in it. Well, at least she says a French plate.
0: Lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. So Tim's mum's complaining about Cathy's uh, extended stay. It's Brian that she feels sorry for. The husband thinks that Cathy needs a bit more support still. I mean, well Kathy overheard Tim's mum's advice about sorting herself out, and so has bought herself an exercise bike.
1: That she's going to put in Yasmin's house.
0: Mm-hmm. One of those Peloton things, I think.
1: I don't think it's a Peloton. I don't think, I don't think Kathy can afford a Peloton.
0: It's a expensive.
1: Yeah. I love, I love the, I love the fact that that Tim's mum and Yasmin are just an old married couple at right. this point. I love it. But
0: what gets me about this is. Tim's mum seems to forget that she's a guest in that house as well
1: she's the man about the house in that relationship
0: she's Richard O'Sullivan
1: yes I don't know who that is
0: from Man About The House yeah in Robin's Nest yes and may have been in an episode or two of George and Mildred. I'm not sure <laughs>
1: yeah no but you know
0: i just think that tim's mom needs to cock honey a little bit on this this,
1: this she wants yasmin all to herself so she can woo her this is the lesbian relationship we've been begging for isn't it isn't it okay these are the lesbians we want
0: (laughs) these are the lesbians we've been looking for yes now go about your go on your way
1: Speaking of which, it was funny because, you know, we were talking about Carol on Twitter and somebody said, great, are they going to finally bring um, uh, Paula and that annoying woman from well, the hospital Paula. back? And I'm like, I still, I, Moira.
0: And she's, it's not the hospital, it's the health center.
1: Yeah. I'm not sad about Moira, but I do I miss love Paula. Moira, I know you do. I hate her.
0: <laughs> Paula, fully clothed
1: <laughs> in, the, in, the in a hot
0: tub. For the win. Ah. Uh,
1: ah. Uh, miss our bisexual ladies.
0: This is Kathy hoarding again, right?
1: Yes. Right. Yes.
0: Our penultimate storyline tonight is Steve's oily bike race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> again, this is what I come to Coronation Street for. Lots of Muppet faces pulled by Steve.
0: Yeah. I, if we went so rushed, I would have plucked just, out a few of them and posted them but there was a embarrassing bounty Steve of,
1: Steve of being faces. the goofy dad that's that's what we're here for I
0: think there's something I think there is something more dark at the heart of this I think is where we're going with this but we'll get to it
1: hmm. on
0: Friday at number one Amy is absolutely furious because Tracy's been using their razor again <laughs> and must have steel wool down there <laughs> Well that paints a picture (laughs) Steve overhears this and admits that it was him because he read that it increases his aerodynamics if he was to shave his legs and he's got a race in an hour and also it turns out that he shaved part of Rover the week before that and now Amy's Amy's looking at her poor razor contemplating just burning it he promises to replace the razor after the race and then destroys the hallway trying to get him and the bike out of the door later Amy comes home and is pissed that Steve doesn't look like um, he's bought a new razor after all. He's not even there. And then Steve comes in through the back door. His face, he's clearly just smeared his own face in oil. <laughs> and and, mud. Grease and mud. mud. And it's carrying a bike wheel that's missing a tyre. And that and, lets and us and a know bicycle. that there's been an accident. Right. <laughs> the only way it could have been better is if the bike wheel was round his neck. <laughs> and he had some cartoon bluebirds just <laughs> tweeting and flying in circles around his head. Emma comes in with a custard slice for Steve because she's the best daughter in the world. Right. She's so thoughtful. And we discover that someone cut Steve off during the race. He hit a pothole, fucked his bike, and somehow managed to lose his phone. Yeah, so it landed another, in a
1: mud puddle. and That's
0: another 200 bucks down the Swanee.
1: Wow, that's a cheap phone.
0: Emma points out, phones are much cheaper in Britain. They're ridiculously expensive here. You get your phone for free, basically, as so long as you sign up to a contract. Here, they're expensive, so long as you sign up to a contract. It's ridiculous. Car insurance, as we all don't get me started on that. Anyway,
1: healthcare. Right.
0: So Emma points out that the main thing is that he's raised all this money for right. Oliver's right. fund.
1: Yes, he going to Steve
0: help lots of families. It still doesn't. Still disheartened. There are so many sad stories in the world, he says.
1: Everybody is racing for a charity of right. some Everyone's sort. Everyone's got a
0: placard that they're running with, mm-hmm. a good cause, and they're all good causes, he says. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own tragedy. Right. Emma thinks that the important thing is that some people just don't sit in their arches and do nothing about it. Some people actually get up right. and try and make a difference, and that's yeah. what he's doing. Right. She's doing such a good job trying to bolster I know. him.
1: I know, while Amy just sits there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Looks at a razor.
1: Secretly laughing. (laughs) How ridiculous her father is.
0: Amy tells him to take a break. Yeah. Let somebody else carry the can for this for a while. But Steve says that he's not done just yet. No. At this point, I'm thinking that he's now... uh, He is replacing his grief for Oliver with an obsession for either fundraising or... Racing. fitness and yeah. racing and biking and i'm not sure which but i think he's replacing one dark thing with another dark thing
1: well it's not necessarily dark
0: anything that becomes an obsession is, is dark
1: eh. but i mean this has been going on for a while this obsession because remember he was like buying all this expensive stuff and But it was light
0: to begin with though wasn't it him and tim having a little run around the block just mm. light-hearted
1: they were, a, but they were the, always
0: dealing with their grief,
1: right? It's his way of dealing with grief, and everybody deals with grief differently. I just, I just Doesn't worry, necessarily mean it's an obsession.
0: I worry that a story that starts off so blatantly light-hearted really has something, because they can't—they can't help themselves. They have these little happy,
1: I would buoyant say, stories, and then they do something. To, I would say. Steve has had enough of grief, but look at what they've done to poor Leanne right. who cannot catch a break. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. I um No, I like this and, and I enjoyed it. And it was nice having Emma and Amy, you know, being sisters Because mm-hmm. Emma goes over there to complain about Alina and Tyrone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So know, it's always nice to there. see the two of them
0: together. That yeah. that has really become a thing that has stuck. Right. Uh, that you don't think, I oh, wonder why why's um, Emma there or right. why is Amy around. You know, the, the two of them yeah. together is.
1: You remember that they're family.
0: Right. Because yes. And they behave that way because yes. they're just themselves with each other. And, and it's Steve really nice is just such a
1: great dad to the two of them.
0: And he's so clumsy with that bike. He is. Trying to maneuver the whole thing and him out the door was hilarious. Yeah. And when he came in holding the.
1: <laughs> why, why are you he's even holding covered it? Covered in mud. Right. It was great. Yeah, he was, it was great. great. He's the jack tripper of Coronation Street.
0: Our final storyline tonight is Sharon is still a thing.
1: <laughs> uh, <sighs> there there were parts of the storyline where I just, I couldn't watch because it was so cringy. And mo- you know which parts that it, those were. The dev
0: the dev bits? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: On uh, Monday on the street, Sharon is on the phone to Harvey who's still pressurising her to get Sam. No one cares about this anymore and even Sharon looks like she's lost any enthusiasm for it but promises to see what she can do. At Dev's, he's checking up on Asha via Addy and then imposes an embargo on drug dealer Simon. You can no longer be friends with him. Addy advises you that it's no biggie because Simon is only on Fortnite these days and never responds to messages. Dev hasn't a clue what that is, but tells him to stop. And of course, Sharon is there to eavesdrop. Of course. I think every paragraph here has, and of course, Sharon is there to eavesdrop in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's nice for uh, Fortnite to get a... Name drop, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because I guess Fortnite is still a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: One of our kids still plays it.
0: On Maxine's bench, Sharn is desperately trying to get us interested in this awful storyline by Colin Harvey again and telling him the keys to getting to Simon is through playing with Fortnite. It's a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> or just at least messaging him through Fortnite.
0: And then Sharn is back at Dev's. She has an empty schedule and wonders if he'd fancy sharing a bottle of wine with her. He does and calls Addy with a code red which I thought was quite funny.
1: Yeah, instead of instead of putting a sock on the door.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't come a-knocking if this camper van be a-rocking. <laughs> on Wednesday, Sharon goes into Dev's and finds something that she's not expecting. Somebody's pleased to see her. It seems that they've had a great time. They drank a lot of wine and made plans to do the same again soon. She makes an excuse on losing an earring and wants to go back to the house with Dev, but he says he's expecting a delivery, so gives. Just gives her the keys to his house and right. tells her to okay, yeah. help herself. Right. Sean, who's overheard, heard all this. Thinks Dev is losing his touch, as Sharon was clearly gagging for her hole. Yikes! So stretch your imagination or your ability to uh, to suspend your disbelief a little bit that Dev
1: would be interested in Sharon.
0: For one, for two, after drinking with her the night before. Happy to give her the keys to his house and just go and root around my house looking for something that you claim that you've lost, of course. So in the Sharon manages to turn on the T V and console by jabbing controllers at it.
1: Right, yeah. She's <laughs> she's she's able to turn this console on and what console is he playing Fortnite on, by the I, way.
0: It's not an Xbox. I think it's meant to look like an Xbox, but
1: Yeah. It's not a PlayStation. No. And it's definitely not a uh, Nintendo Switch. No. I don't even know if you can play Fortnite on oh, Switch. No you I probably don't. can.
0: So she hasn't got a scooby how any of this works, but luckily the gods of plot are still smiling on and Harvey phones and he knows how to do it, so he's able to explain. Sharon is now able to find Simon, handily named CyBar2003.
1: Right, yeah. On
0: the friends list.
1: Addie's. Addie's uh handle
0: on there is hilarious too Allah later <laughs> it's not Anna. Allah it's Allah Hannah <laughs> there's a, a there's too many H's in there it's like Peter O'Hanra Hanrahan Sharon using ads account of Allah sends Simon a message about Seb and Kelly the Chin and asks him to get in touch just as Dev comes home did you really think that you'd fall for the earring down the sofa thing Come on, he says. Come get your hole. I rate them, Ye. she says, but let's take it slow, big chap. And then Dev notices that Addy's left the TV on and angrily switches it off. Sharon points out that Addy is playing some very violent video games and given everything that's been going on, right, it's, yeah. it's really maybe he shouldn't very be playing this. If I were you, I'd ground him for a week, says right. Sharon.
1: You need to shut up. And she's got a case with the game in it. Mm hmm. That's not how any of this works anymore. What are we... Again, what is this? 2005? Why is anybody listening to her, though? Even if that, even
0: if this is how this works, why is Dev taking...
1: Parenting advice. advice. from her, who he barely knows? And he must have walked back and forth and seen Addy playing Fortnite before. It's not like that <sighs> living room's very large. Nah. He just really wants to get his hole because it's been... Like 10 years. When was the last time Dev was in a relationship?
0: That's for hindsight corner. (laughs) So Dev hides the controller with the luxury crisps.
1: Meanwhile, Mary's been sitting there this whole time.
0: Try and get my luxury crisps joke.
1: Meanwhile, Mary's been sitting here this whole time.
0: Addy is back from school and looking for his controller. Dev admits to hiding it, along with the luxury crisps. The The games he's playing are too violent, says Dev, and insensitive given the circumstances. Addy says, well, fine, you just have to tell me. You don't have to hide anything. Right, yeah. I'd he agrees with, with him. Right.
1: And, and, and Dev is like, you agree with me?
0: Meanwhile, Simon is getting logged into his console and sees a message from who he thinks is Addy. Addy, though, is showing has been online, which he has not And then over the course of 11 scenes, Dev has decided that he doesn't want to take things slow with Sharon after all, and he goes round to the cabin to ask her out for coffee. Takes her to the bistro And they're about to get wired into the cocktails But Sharon thinks that this place is overpriced And suggests going back to his place for cock Tails. Tails.
1: Those balls must be very, very blue
0: Garçon Shouts Dev <laughs> L'addition. Back at Dev's, the flirting is Happening Sharon asks for a cosmopolitan But wouldn't you know it the gods of plot are sh- shining in on Sharon yet again because Dev doesn't keep vodka in the house. No clear liquids here. So she sends him round to the shop, which gives her time to check the console again, because this is the problem with her plan. By sending a message on the console, she continually has to keep on checking the console to get a reply. Right. <sighs> Simon has been in touch asking what happened. Sharon cuts the chase. Where are you at? Back at the hiding place, Leanne catches Simon about to respond to Adi. Is getting nearly kidnapped once not enough for you? Get that to fuck, she says. Simon explains what happened to Seb and Kelly the Chin. No mention of Nina, though. Leanne is happy that well, Simon...
1: Well, Sharon didn't mention Nina no, either.
0: Leanne is happy that Simon is caring for other people, but they have to focus on being in hiding now, it's just for a couple of more weeks. They have to be cautious and protect themselves, and Simon eventually agrees. Later, Sean's had her cosmo and she and Dev are chatting about old flames. He goes off to make her another drink and she asks for sex on the beach. So Dev has to nip back to the shop again for peach snaps. We're using that ruse twice
1: right, in yeah. one episode. And he actually carries peach snaps, apparently. Yeah,
0: sure. Archers.
1: And he's hilarious because like, he's trying to sneak in the shop and Evelyn in the back is shouting his name. Yeah, that
0: was funny. She checks the console again and discovers that Simon's account no longer exists. exists. Get it right fucking up, you. Wah, wah. And now you're going to have to get your whole off of Dev for nothing. <laughs> so Dev gets home, singing a section of each song. Asha and Addy are home, and unless she's hiding, Shana's not there anymore. Nope. Addy blames it on Dev's inability to be subtle, or maybe she changed her mind, says Asha. Addy explains that women Or maybe li- both. Addy explains that women like to play hard to get. Outside... <laughs> Sharn is uh, explaining her latest failure to Harvey He's had enough of this Get your mitts on that Sam kid Pronto On Friday Sharn catches up with Dev The next day outside the chippy To give him the lowdown About, about what happened last night claiming that she didn't realise that she was so gassed, so she left before she did something or someone she might regret. A disappointed dev suggests trying again, but Sean has to take a call from Harvey, who's warning her that if she doesn't get this shit sorted out pronto, some bloke is going to take over the operation. Later in Roy's Rolls, Sharon overhears Natasha and Sam talk about how Sam's worried about Nick and how Nick has texted Sam back and forth. Natasha, mother of the year, is once again the last to know what's going on in her son's life. Mm -hmm. But at least he hasn't wandered off on his own for a while. So there's that. Right. So outside, Natasha's confiscated Sam's phone and Mm -hmm. she drives off leaving him on the street, right? Convenient. Saying that she'll pick him up after astronomy club. And she's already gone when he remembers that astronomy club has been cancelled, which is also convenient.
1: Yes. And it's convenient that apparently his school has no phones where he can call his mother when he gets to school and say, by the way, astronomy club is cancelled, you'll have to pick me up right after school.
0: Right. And it's also convenient that Sharon, who no one has noticed is constantly hanging around a, a young boy, is on the phone to Harvey. They're never going to have a better chance to get Sam, so send your block. Sharon turns up at number eight for Gail, but Shona, who still doesn't seem to trust Sharon as far as she could chase her with a knife, Sean has some spa vouchers to spare and thinks Gail and Shona would appreciate some pampering, plus it'll get them out of the way for a bit. Shona thinks that, yeah, Sharon, you're alright after all. And she goes off to get her cosy, which allows Sharon to take a photo of a photo of Sam and presumably send it to Harvey's block. And Harvey's block seems to be a bit of a hipster type with a white van. He thinks there's an easier way to kidnap the specky wee bloke, but Sharon demands that he sticks to the plan and keeps a rope a low profile. But Gary's spotted the white van, his wee white van antenna's going, and manages to rope the hipster guy into helping him shift a manky old wardrobe and take it to the dump for 30 quid. Come on, it's 20 minutes' work. And the guy can't say no. Sharon, whose bright idea this was, pulls her hair out and quietly orders the bloke to hurry up about it. So Sam's wandering home where the bloke leans against his van loudly pretending to be on the phone to someone about getting rid of a telescope. Sam looks in the back of the van, sees a telescope and climbs in the back of his own free will allowing the bloke to shut the doors and drive off.
1: Oh.
0: At home, Shona tells Sharon, no Do that. they
1: not teach stranger danger in the United Kingdom? Very
0: much so. Don't get in a van. But normally there is some... A horribly stubbly old, dirty old man with a promise of sweeties or puppies. (laughs) And without those...
1: Of course, stranger danger is kind of... Well, it's not really a myth, but you're more in danger of people you already know than strangers.
0: Right. At home, Shona tells Sarah that she didn't enjoy the spa thing, but Gail did, and she's still there wrapped in seaweed. A frantic Natasha arrives looking for Sam. He's not at the school and she's got his phone. He's probably wandered off, says Sarah. You know what he's like, throwing some shade down there on Natasha.
1: Right, yeah. And this, I'm really glad that more than one person mentions <laughs> yes. this. Yes,
0: I, I think I've picked up every time <laughs> it happened. So they all go off to look for him. And they meet up in the street, still no sign, so Natasha wastes no time in calling the police just as Sharon comes along to assure Shona that Sam will turn up. But the van has stopped on the waste ground, and in the back, Sam is initially under the impression that this is all a misunderstanding. But when no one comes to help him, he seems to start to panic a wee bit. At the incognito... But not enough! No. At the incognito Airbnb, DS Beardy has phoned Leanne and Nick to tell him about Sam. So Nick phones Natasha, and she seems to be sure that he's taken Sam. Right, which he's I like, was give a,
1: him back! And it's like, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Natasha?
0: Nick isn't as surprised at the accusation as you'd think, but insists that it ain't him, and Natasha is stunned. Later at the incognito Airbnb, Leanne spends the rest of the episode going over all the times that Sam's run away.
1: Or showing up someplace he's not supposed to be. Right.
0: Nick feels so useless. That's because you are useless. Sharon has turned off at number eight. Who keeps letting her in? Seriously?
1: Stop letting this woman in.
0: There's still no sign of, of Sam and Gail as frantic. Sharon wonders if Sam has gone off to see Nick. Where
1: is he again?
0: <laughs> he's so subtle.
1: I know. For someone who's supposed to, whose only reason for being on the street supposedly is to take care of Rita, she's not with Rita at all, ever. No. She's never with Rita. People are
0: ransacking the cabin left and right. The place <laughs> is covered in graffiti. Somebody's <laughs> thinking our shirt on the counter. <laughs> All the candy's gone.
1: Poor Brian has nobody right? to help him.
0: <laughs> he, Read look, it. he looks like something's exploded in his face. His hair's <laughs> all sticking up. He's got the other part of Steve's bikes wrapped around him. So, <clears throat> Gail doesn't want to get into it, but then gets into it. He's in hiding because of drug gangs. Gail has just spoken to Nick and he's out of his mind with worry. Sharon worries that the drug gangs might be behind Might be behind all this. And meanwhile...
1: Well, she doesn't know how right she is.
0: Right. Meanwhile, Sam was in the dark in the back of the van and he gets a torch from his backpack and starts to sing a song to cheer himself up and then starts shouting for help. And that's how we end this week's episodes. Yeah,
1: as we see the time lapse where Mm -hmm. it turns to night. Right. That song he was singing. It's an older song, isn't it? It's a Kate
0: Bush song. I thought it was a Kate Bush song. Don't give up because no, you've was got
1: friends. it's like not not Kate Bush, but like um, he's clear, like Carol Hits King me, or something. I mean in your I, I I guess I should be criticizing Sam's enjoyment of music, considering I took my child to a vinyl record sale where she bought a Boston record, a journey <laughs> record. And a Bruce Springsteen record. Again. And an Elton John record.
0: All you're doing is adding hours onto this therapy bill. (laughs) Every single time.
1: She likes Boston.
0: (laughs) Okay, I hate this storyline, obviously. Yes. Um, I can't believe that they've brought uh, Tracy Bennett back to endure this. I wonder if she knew that this is what the storyline was going to be before she agreed to come back. Because it's just awful. It's, It's awful... And I can't imagine that anyone's been watching Coronation Street for the last couple of weeks thinking, "What's happening with Sharon trying to kidnap Sam? Is that still happening?" Right. Can we not get back to Sharon trying to uh, get back to to find uh, Simon and Leanne because that storyline was what was keeping me tuned in. Can we get
1: back to Harvey with an illicit cell phone in prison?
0: And can we get threatening
1: people, even though he can't get out of prison? He was caught red-handed. Caught red-handed, and yet he thinks somebody not giving evidence is going to be the thing that gets him off.
0: Right. He was caught red-handed at a drug deal. Right. He punched a policewoman in the face and right. ran away. Yeah. Whilst at a drug deal. Yes. Simon and Leanne changing their testimony not isn't going to help him. And kidnapping the um, Leanne's partner's
1: son is not going to help. It's just going to make it look worse. And can we just stop with frantic mothers? Can we just stop with this? Can we just stop? Can we please have a story where mothers are not losing their sons? Can we please just not do this
0: anymore? And can we stop with Sharon not acting on the first impulse that she has in the name of a plan here? Right. Let's just have her sitting on Maxine's bench, staring into space for ten minutes, just thinking about things. Right. Maybe, maybe this isn't a good idea. So I won't do this. Yeah. Rather than just jumping down the f- like it's- that whole console thing was just so fucking batshit crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no kidding. First of all, it takes a lot longer for something like that to boot up and for you to get to the right screen to do the chat bit freaking playstation you have to turn it on and then you have to click on the right identity and sometimes that identity is password protected there's no way she would have known how is she able to get into people's phones why does nobody have password protection on their phones why is there no they have iphones on the show now why does nobody have facial recognition on their phones
0: because of plot
1: (sighs) And I don't understand why Sharon has an Apple fo- uh, has an iPhone when she's a bad guy. Bad guys aren't allowed to have iPhones.
0: Is that a thing? Is that really a thing?
1: I don't know if it's a thing. Ryan Johnson said it was a thing, bringing it all back to Knives Out.
0: I, I just find it infuriating. It it angers me the storyline. Well, <laughs> and and it angers me because Sharon's character is just preposterous. Yeah. And it angers me because the genesis of the story goes back to something that actually had merit, right? Which was Oliver's uh, death, disease, and his slow degeneration and eventual death, mm-hmm. and then the bereavement, right? Which we which we weren't enormous fans of, no, but it was well done, right? And it, it, and it, even
1: the drug storyline, while being ridiculous. Had its merits.
0: What we're at now is they might as well be on fucking unicycles, <laughs> uh, wearing uh, Darth Vader masks, juggling chainsaws, whilst wearing kilts wh- and being on fire
1: and wearing Darth uh, uh, while Vader masks. Well, I said I said that. Did
0: you? While thanks for listening. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> they might as well do that because it's it's at that point now where they couldn't make it any any more preposterous than that is
1: right. It's it's pretty preposterous. But you know it's not the first time that we've had a preposterous storyline that we just have hated.
0: I don't think I've hated and anything as much as this.
1: The whole like dev Sharon thing and Dev suddenly having the hots for Sharon because he's just so desperate for right. sex. Y H Y H. But well sure. I again, you know, let's be honest I kind of have to apologize to Craig and Faye because I did say at one point it's not possible to have less chemistry than Craig and Faye I think
0: it was read that you weren't including Devin in that I think we, we knew that <laughs>
1: yeah. you know because it's like do we believe that he's really into her he's so into her he's so desperate for sex that he'll sneak back into the shop twice twice in one night to get cocktails, to keys. get things to get to make cocktails and sex on the beach come on and come cuddle up on the couch with me big boy come on your moment of the week
0: it's Audrey on the couch isn't it
1: well, see, initially I was thinking it was uh, Fizz and, and Daisy and Jenny turning to glare at Ryan. Ugh, nah. Because I really liked that and it was really funny. But you, you, Audrey's kind of won me over because that, you know, or Steve with the wheel, you know, which was also delightful. But yeah, it's it's got to be Audrey just sloshed on the couch, isn't it?
0: Talking about the swinging 60s.
1: Right. To her... Great grandson. Ten
0: year old great grandson. Yes. Putting hairs on his chest in real time. <laughs> that is our Making him
1: forget about borders. That's our moment of, of the of week.
0: week. Your born moment of the week.
1: Sharon messaging Simon on the PlayStation. Is that,
0: that born? It's just ludicrous. I don't know if it's born.
1: It's kind of boring. Or or you know, Harvey having to explain what tags are to her.
0: That was boring. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's our For a moment
1: of the week. If you've been cast in Knives Out too.
0: (laughs) First of all, just as a reminder. We've got a mug here that is burning a hole. In our table. Somewhere. If you want to stand a chance of winning our Talk of the Street mug. At us at Cory Podcast on Twitter with a hashtag but not like that. We'll stick in the draw and we'll announce the winner on the episode after the 31st of May, which I think is going to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5th of June, something like that. But we'll make the draw on Memorial Day. So, if you want a... That's
1: like a week from today. Yeah.
0: If you want a lovely piece of ceramic, yeah. that's how that can happen. But meantime...
1: I just, you know, our our listeners in the UK and Canada may not know that that's... that's yeah, i just said it at the Memorial start
0: when it was, though. But I did say the again, thanks for listening. <laughs>
1: it's been so long and it's so hot my ears are sweating
0: if you've ever won a bike wheel no you haven't we're the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram you can shoot me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street check out the clicky clicky section of voggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel and if you're so inclined please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or on your podcast provider of choice Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and we'll be back next week with more Uh, Talk of the Street. Bye.